ان الله تجاوز عن امتي الخطا والنسيان ومستكره عليه رواه ابن ماجه والبيهقي عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما he relates that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that allah taala has pardoned my ummah al khata khata means that which was done unintentionally so person something happened unintentionally then allah taala has pardoned that There's two parts to this one is something that has happened unintentionally in terms of hukukullah so then there is no sin involved and he will not be questioned about it on the day of qiyamah but he did something unintentionally in terms of the rights of people hukukul ibad then that is something that will be questioned about on the day of qiyamah uh, that is something that he will have to make do in dunya A person unintentionally broke somebody's item knocked into somebody's car damaged somebody's property so he cannot now claim that it was unintentional so therefore i am not liable he will be liable but because it was unintentional there won't be any sin incurred but he will have to make do the loss or the damage that he has caused the second thing allah taala has pardoned is nisyan nisyan means something that was done in forgetfulness here there is nevertheless some detail that for example a person is fasting and he forgot his fasting and in that moment he ate something so in terms of the fast that fast also hasn't broken and there is no sin incurred also but this is not across the board for example in a person in his salah he did something forgetfully he forgot sometimes a person completely forgets where he is what he is doing uh, he forgot completely that he is in salah and he spoke something so he spoke something that will break his salah if it was done in forgetfulness there won't be a sin but his salah will break and in forgetfulness he caused some damage or some loss to some person then that he would have to make do as well and likewise wa mastukrihu alayhi and something that a person was forced upon somebody threatened him to do something for example to damage somebody's property to harm somebody he was threatened with life or that he will be severely beaten etc and therefore he was forced to do something so he did it so he won't be liable in terms of sin there won't be any sin because he was forced but again if it pertains to the rights of people he will have to make up for that so this was the first hadith the second hadith the last hadith of this kitab is an bahz ibn hakim an abihi an jaddihi radiyallahu anhum annahu sami'a rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam yaqul fi qawlihi ta'ala kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat lin nas qal antum tutimmuna 70 ummatan antum khayruha wa akramuha ala allah ta'ala رواه الترمذي وابن ماجه والدارمي وقال الترمذي هذا حديث حسن البهزي بن حكيم ريليتس فروم هيز فادر وذن ريليتس فروم هيز جراند فادر حضرت بهز بن حكيمز جراند فادر ذات هي هيرد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سينج ريجاردينج ذا تفسير اوف ذس ايت اوف ذا قران شريف كنتم خير امه اخرجت للناس ذات يو ار ذا بيست اوف اول نيشنز ukhrijat lin nas who have been extracted for the benefit of mankind and thereafter nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that you are the completion of 
70 nations, many places in the Arabic language, Sab'een, 70 is used to express a very great number, not necessarily a fixed number of 70, but that a very great number. So all the nations and the ummats that came prior, you are the last ummat. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam explained it further, that I am the last of the Anbiya Wasallam, la nabiya ba'di, wa la ummata ba'dakum. There is no Nabi after me, and there is no Ummat and nation to come after you. You are the last nation. And Antum Khayruha wa Akramuha Allahi Ta'ala, you are the best and most honored of all the nations in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. So this ayat of the Quran Sharif, in the tafsir of this ayat, Nabi Sallallahu explained this, that you are the best of nations. Kuntum Khayru Ummatin, you are the best of nations. And this being the best is based on what? So first Allah Ta'ala says, Ukhrijat linnas that has been extracted for the benefit of mankind. So what we understand already from this is that this aspect of being the best is based on being a person who has this well-wishing in him. This ummat Ummat refers to the Ummate Ijabat. Ummate Dawat is the Ummat where all those who have not yet accepted Deen and it is compulsory upon the Muslims to give them Dawat towards Islam. They are the Ummate Dawat. The Ummate Ijabat, the Ummat that has already accepted Iman, this is the Ummat that is referred to here. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that you are the best of people who have been extracted for the benefit of mankind. So this is the aspect in a mu'min and in a person of this ummah that his heart is filled with well-wishing. He is a person who wishes well for one and all. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says that لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه That a person is not a mu'min. Now what a strong way of expressing this. لا يؤمن أحدكم None of you is a mu'min until he loves for his fellow Muslim, for his brother, what he loves for himself. Now this is that well-wishing. Person loving for others what he loves for himself. Now does this mean that anything that he loves for himself, any item that he has for you, that he likes, he must give it to somebody else? This doesn't refer to that. There's two aspects in this. One is that just as he loves good for himself in general, he loves that he should be enjoying happiness, peace, serenity, that he should not be humiliated in any way, he should not be disgraced in any way, he should not be mocked and jeered at, nobody should run him down. If he makes a mistake, then he should be helped, he should be assisted. If he has faulted, then he must not become a laughing stock, every person wishes all this for himself. So if a person is a true mu'min, just as he wishes all these things for himself, he'll wish it for everybody else. And therefore, if somebody else has made a mistake, he will treat that person in the same way that he would like to be treated. He will wish that this person also is given the assistance, the help. If the person has made a mistake, he won't make that person a laughing stock, he won't mock and jeer anybody, he won't humiliate and disgrace anyone. So all these things he will wish for others, but he wishes for himself. And the second explanation of this is, that if he was in that person's shoes, what he would have desired. For example, somebody is starting off a business now. So now that person is starting off the business, supposing I was in his shoes, what I would have wished for. I would have wished that this business must take off well, it must become profitable, there mustn't be any harm, any loss in it, and there must be ease and afiyat, mustn't be any difficulties. So when all these are the things that I will wish if I were in his shoes, these are the same things I must now wish for him. Not that now I become jealous over his good. Why is this person progressing? Why is this person getting something that I don't have? That is totally against this well-wishing 
that is the life of a mu'min. So in everything, these are very very subtle things that creep into the heart of a person. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says that this creeps in very very quietly the illnesses of the ummas that passed. Nabi Islam warned about it. Al-hasadu wal-baghda Jealousy and malice. Dabba ilaykum da'ul ummami min qablikum. Nabi Islam says this illnesses of the nations of the past has very very silently crawled in and crept in. Meaning that people need to be very very cautious and very very careful. Otherwise a person would not himself also regard anything out of place. He'll feel everything is fine. Whereas he is already afflicted with the malady of jealousy, with the malady of malice. And these are destructive things. In the hadith, Nabi Salaam further says that these shave off a person's deen. So a person who truly has this well-wishing, he will be a well-wisher for everyone and everything. There was a great muhaddith, Dr. Abdul Hayy used to often mention this incident, a great muhaddith, person who had done a great amount of work of deen, taught deen to people, and his whole life was engaged in this. Hundreds of thousands of ahadiths he had written. In any case, he passed away. After he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. Now these dreams are of all types. They are dreams which are true, which have a meaning in it. They are dreams which are baseless. There are some dreams which merely, sometimes people see some horror dreams. And that horror dreams make them really frightened and scared. But the reality of that horror dream is that the person just needs to sort out his gas problem. Because the gases then move up towards the brain when the person is asleep. And that becomes the reason for seeing all kinds of horror dreams. There was one person, there was one magazine that used to come from Pakistan where there was one chapter there or one, one section on the interpretation of dreams. People would ask their dreams and he would give an interpretation. One person wrote like a page long dream, a whole horror story. And merely reading that, reading that dream makes a person get scared. Imagine a person seeing the dream. And at the end of that whole dream, he gave the interpretation in one line, apne pet ka ilaj karo. <laughs> treat your stomach, the ailments in your stomach, the gases that are rising upwards. That's all the horror that you are seeing. So sometimes these dreams are baseless. But there are many times true dreams also. Rasulullah after the Fajr Salah would sit and often would ask the Sahaba Ikram, did anybody see any dream? And then if somebody saw some dream, Nabi Salaam would interpret it. Sometimes he would mention the dream he himself saw. So the dreams are of all types, they are true dreams as well. You can take a lesson from a dream. You cannot base anything in Sharia from it. So in any case, this person passed away and some person saw him in a dream. So he asked him, how did things go with you? Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. MashaAllah, what was the thing that you got forgiven on? It must have perhaps been the great work of deen you did, the thousands of ahadiths that you wrote. He says, no, none of this. It's not that all this was rejected, but that was not what that gained, that final special acceptance that took me across and gained me the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. So he says, what was it after all then? So he says there was one day while I was busy writing Hadith Sharif and I had dipped my pen, now in those days was the reed pen. So the reed pen had to be dipped into the ink pot and thereafter a person would then write and it would dry off and he would dip it again and it would absorb the ink and write again. So he said I had just dipped this reed pen into the ink pot and I had removed it and was about to start writing. And just as I was about to start writing a fly came and sat on the drop of ink that was at the edge. So at that time, I just held the pen still and I thought to myself that this too is a creation of Allah Ta'ala. And it's thirsty, what am I going to really lose? How much of ink is it going to drink up? So let it just drink what it wants to drink. So I held that pen still and for that duration of time, it sat there for a while and then it flew away. And when it flew away, I continued writing. So 
So he says, in the dream now he's saying to the person, when I was summoned in the court of Allah Ta'ala, I was told that you had compassion on our makhluk, on our creation. Out of love for us. So today we are also showing compassion to you and forgiving you. Now this is a mu'min who when he truly has this well-wishing for everyone. The let alone insan, even an animal, even a creature, even something like a fly also, there is some degree of compassion in his heart for it. Hazrat Muhammad al-Haqsa once he sat down somewhere in one wudu khana to make wudu. So he just seated himself and then he woke up and moved to another spot and sat down there and then again he woke up from there and went further to a third place and sat down and then started making his wudu. So somebody who saw this moving from point to point, nobody else was there, he was alone in the wudu khana and it was strange, person sat down to make wudu, then he wakes up and goes to a second place, then a third place. So he asked him that Hazrat, after he made the wudu, what happened? That you had already sat down and now elderly person to just sit down and stand up is also an effort. But you did this twice. So you see when I sat down the first place, there were ants walking there. And I would start making wudu, that little water of wudu would be a, a flood for them, a tsunami for them. And this would be obviously a big disaster for them. So I went to the second place and sat down but there were some ants there as well. So then I moved off from there and came to the third place where there were no ants. And that's where I made my wudu. Now this is well-wishing even for what we regard as insignificant. That if a person killed one ant, what, what happened? If a person, the ants now, the question will come, is it permissible to kill an ant? Somebody might even ask further, is it permissible to kill a mosquito then? There is, this is within the limits, if something is harmful, then there is a procedure and way how a person may dispose of it. person kills a mosquito that is going to harm him, obviously the mosquito is harmful, he killed it. But the point is, the lesson is that these Ahlullah, their hearts were brimming with the well-wishing of every makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. Even animals, even these creatures and insects. So how much of well-wishing they would have had for insan? And then from insan for musalman. Unfortunately, let alone those who might be people we don't know in terms of personal relationship or anything, that well-wishing for even our near and dear ones has died off. Illa mashallah. That a person cannot be a well-wisher for those who are closest to him also. A mu'min, if he's a well-wisher, he will be somebody who is always benefiting others. And the least benefit is that he will not cause any taklif to the next person. Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimu na min lisanihi wa yadihi. A Muslim is somebody who other Muslims are free from any harm from him, from any word or deed. He will not harm anybody by any word or any deed, any action. So this is the least benefit he will pass on to others. Where in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, after giving various benefits that somebody can give to the next, says if none of these things are possible, then save people from your harm. And takuffa sharraka anin nas. That you save people from your harm. Now this too is a great benefit. So if we consider within ourselves, how many times we say things that shatter hearts, shatter the hearts of those who are closest to us also. How many times we do things that harm people, that cause so much of taklif and difficulty on others, whereas all this is part of deen that we don't give anybody any taklif. And this is the lesson in this ayat, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhridat nas. So all this is benefit. But then what is the main benefit? What is the real benefit that Allah Ta'ala has extracted this ummah for the benefit of mankind? In the ayat Allah Ta'ala further says, Ta'muruna bil ma'roof wa tanhawna anil munkar wa tu'minuna billah. That you enjoin the right and you forbid the evil. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, on one occasion he mentioned to the sahaba kiram that this ayat of the Quran Sharif, this pertains to the Sahaba. But then he said that whoever else wants to be included in this khairiyat, in being among the best, then let him fulfill the condition that Allah Ta'ala has placed. That if he undertakes this 
duty and responsibility as well which is a responsibility of every believer and every mu'min ta'muruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhawna 'anil munkar that he enjoins the right and he forbids the evil so he has fulfilled this condition he is now also included among the best of people so this is what being the best is all about that a person has this responsibility he is fulfilling and discharging this responsibility of enjoining the right and forbidding the evil enjoining the right is also necessary forbidding the evil is also necessary both things are necessary yes this will be done with hikmat and good advice ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal mau'izati al hasana allah ta'ala says invite towards the path of your rabb with wisdom and good counsel one is to go about something in a way that already takes a person on a negative now somebody did something wrong so you start off by saying that don't you have any brains now that's the opening statement now so now when a person is addressed in this manner don't you have any brains whatever amount of brains he has also closes out and then whatever advice is given it's all falling on a closed brain now the mind is closed the heart is closed you already locked the door and after locking the door now a person is trying to send something in oh it's like a container now he wants to fill the good advice he wants to fill something some pure milk in that container so it's a container that needs to be filled so what he does first is he drills a or knocks a hole into the bottom of the container and after knocking the hole in the bottom of the container now he starts pouring that milk into it so whatever he poured is all going to drain out so by starting off on that negative note he's already now damaged this whole thing he already has drilled holes into it and after having drilled holes into it now he says but why aren't you taking any advice from what i'm giving you now this is not something that is confined to a specific situation for example a teacher with his students this is at any level parents with their children for that matter many a times parents will advise their children but the issue is how they go about advising them and many a times it's just the manner of advising that will make the world of difference what is it starts off on an attack and is human nature that when there's an attack there's a natural defense when somebody is attacked he just goes in defense mode when he goes in defense mode he shut himself off because now he's finding and thinking of ways how to defend himself against this attack so he's not ready to accept what is being said but if a person is being presented something so when he's being presented something then he stretches his hands out to receive it when a person is being given a gift then he stretches his hands out to receive it so when something is presented some advice is presented also like a gift and a gift the purpose is what is inside the item itself but the packaging is sometimes more beautiful than the item the item sometimes is very small but the box is bigger than the item and the packaging is more attractive than the item also sometimes so how it's going to be packaged is very very important how it will be packaged will determine how it will be received so this amr bil ma'ruf and nahya anil munkar this is a responsibility of every person but together with doing this great task and duty what is very important is how it is discharged the correct way of going about it hazrat allama shabbi rahmatu usmani rahmatullah alay his words are that haq baat haq tareeqe se haq jazbe ke sath be asar nahi jati says haq baat one is what a person is saying is the correct thing he's saying the truth and he's saying the correct thing he's advising something that's right unfortunately many a times we advise with the wrong sometimes for example a person since now this is a gathering where the khatam of mishkat sharif has taken place by our sisters so therefore to take the example on that level that now somebody has studied deen mashallah or via some other avenue they become more conscious of deen so now they decide to start adopting all the commands of allah taala because this is what deen is all about is not a selective aspect that whatever is palatable then that one takes it whatever one finds little difficult then that excuse oneself from it 
like the person who was in company with somebody else, they were traveling. So now the time came, they were a long journey, very tired. So now they stopped. So now they were hungry. So one person now started doing all the work. There were two people traveling. So he, he said, look, just help me now first. We have to chop some wood. He said, look, this is a very difficult task. I can't do this. This is very difficult for me. So in any case, one of the two people now, he busy, got busy with himself, chopped all the wood. Then he said, well, okay, you help to just now uh, peel all these onions and potatoes, whatever. It's a very difficult task. I can't do this. So this fellow did that also. Then every other thing now, let's, well, help me to light this fire. This is beyond me. So after all this whole process was done and the food was cooked and everything this one fellow did. So eventually he told him, look now, well, everything is ready, come and eat. So he says, you know what, so long I'm telling you, I can't do this, can't do that. I'm feeling embarrassed now. I have to come and join you now. <laughs> now it won't look nice. Everything else I refused, even this last but I refuse also. Don't look nice, I'd rather come and join you. So what was palatable, what was the good part to eat now, for that he was ready. And the part where some effort was required, some mujahada was involved, that is beyond me. So similarly, unfortunately, this is how we treat deen. What is very palatable to us, very easy for us, what we get some kind of enjoyment in, then that is fine. That is, I'm 100% in it. And something that doesn't appeal to me because of my weakness, that is my own weakness, but I'm finding some difficulty in it due to my weakness, so then that is something I'm not ready for. So likewise, now sometimes we're talking about advice and the wrong advice, and very often these kind of things person will now write up for some advice about the advice that I want to now start observing hijab in the correct manner I want to observe, uh, observe parda in the way that parda should be observed one is niqab niqab is the veil that covers the face niqab is a part of hijab otherwise the word hijab is used so loosely nowadays Many people, especially in western countries and so on, the word hijab is purely on the scarf. And that kind of scarf also, what kind of scarf? That's something that sits on the head, whether the hair is in front of it and behind it also all exposed. But that's hijab now, that's the person in hijab. Because she's got some kind of scarf on her head. And Allah forbid, this too is a reality, though it might sound humorous in a way, but it is a tragic reality. One person was actually giving some kind of praise about some person. He says, well, she's a very good person. She's in hijab. And in the process, he even afterwards mentioned, though she doesn't even wear izar. But she's a good person because she's in hijab. <laughs> so she wears a dress to the knee or whatever. She doesn't wear izar. But she's in hijab. Now this is that concept of hijab also. She's also in hijab. So why she's in hijab? Because she's got a half a scarf on her head. Now everybody got their own concept. This, this is another issue that we make our own definitions of the concepts of deen. And likewise is the concept of hijab. That we've made our own selective definition. So now somebody has decided to adopt hijab in what its reality is. That I want to now maintain this segregation from all non-mahrams, whether it is the brother-in-law, whether it is the cousin, because this is a requirement of deen. This is what hijab is all about. So now the person will write and ask that now how do I handle this? My mother or my mother-in-law or my this person or that person, they are strongly advising me not to become a fanatic. Now this is advice. That you are becoming fanatical and you are going overboard. Now a person wants to adopt the commands of Allah Ta'ala, that person is becoming overboard. Now this is called advice also. Whereas that is disastrous advice. And that is advice which Allah forbid that this is something very dangerous for a person's iman also. Not that we're giving any fatwa of any sort, but to advise a person and to push them towards this, the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, that is a very dangerous thing. So the first thing was haqbat. A person is saying that which is haq, which is in accordance to the Quran and Sunnah. So it is advising something that is correct. And then the second thing is haq tariqeseh. One is a person is saying what is right. But he's saying what is right in a wrong way. That's not going to achieve the result. And he's doing one right, 
and one wrong at the same time. Because he's saying what is right, but he's saying it in the wrong way, so he's doing one right and one wrong simultaneously. He must say what is right in the right way. And then the third thing is Haq Jazbe Ke Saath with the right intention. Sometimes a person is saying the right thing but the motivation is wrong. The motivation is to score points now. Last time you had a go at me when I made a mistake I caught you now. So let me also tell you a few things. Now that is the motivation lurking behind. So that too is not going to achieve any benefit. The effect of that will be lost as well. So Allah Usmani Rahmatullah says that Haq Baad Haq Tariqe Se Haq Jazbe Ke Saad Person is saying what is right in the right manner with the right intention then Be Athar Nahi Jati This will never be without effect. The effect may not become apparent immediately. It's like a vessel, a container you need to fill it up before you can start seeing the the benefit of it flowing out from the exit point which is at the top. So now it must fill up. So it now some amount has come in, it's still quarter only. More advice will be required. And in time, if this advice continues to be filled in, inshallah I'll fill the broom. <coughs> so the point is that the correct advice needs to be given. One is Amar bil Ma'roof, enjoining the right and forbidding the evil. Both is required. Because both ibadats are necessary. One is the ibadat of the positive aspects. Person performing salah, person giving zakat, fasting, helping somebody, doing other righteous actions, serving the cause of deen. All this is ibadat. And likewise, staying away from haram and sin consciously for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, this is also ibadat. And this is a very, very great ibadat. Ittaqil maharim takun a'abadan nas. Nabi Islam said to Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala that save yourself from sin. You'll become the greatest abid. And this is the prescription to peace in dunya and akhirat. That this is unfortunately what we put in the background. Many a times a person, mashallah, is performing a lot of ibadats. That's a very good thing. Somebody is making a lot of nafil salah, a lot of tilawat of the Quran Sharif, a lot of zikr, dua, tasbihat, effort of deen. But at the same time, the person hasn't stopped looking at haram. He just spent one hour reciting Quran Sharif and few minutes later now, he's looking at haram on his phone. So, he's involved in one good ibadat, mashallah, excellent, the laws of the Quran Sharif, what a great thing. But he hasn't given up haram, indulging in sin, this will wipe out the benefit of all this tilawat that he made. One whole night of tahajjud he made, that is a very great ibadat. And the noor of that is also very great. But he walked out of his house, or wherever, in his house, wherever it might have been, and he protected his sight from one haram glance. Now this is a whole night of ibadat which is very great. And this is one moment of ibadat. But the noor that will be generated in the heart from this one moment of staying away from haram is far superior than the noor that is generated by that whole night of tahajjud. This one moment of staying away from this haram by suppressing that desire to commit that haram glance, this one moment is fast, the noor that will be generated from it in the heart is far greater and more than the noor of one whole khatam of the Quran Sharif. And this is what is the meaning of this hadith Sharif, ittaqil maharim, takun a'abadan nas, that save yourself from haram. There is no nafil, no matter how much, that can compare to the, to the status and position of refraining from haram. This doesn't mean in any way that a person must not undertake nawafil. A person cannot reach the closeness of Allah Ta'ala without nawafil. In the hadith, hadith Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says that nobody has come closer to me with that ex- as much as with that which I have made compulsory upon him. And thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا زَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ After the faraiz, 
Now this person excels and exceeds in nawafil. And he continues to get closer to me by means of nawafil to the point I then love him. Ahbabtuhu. This muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala came after the nawafil were included in that faraiz. For that muhabbat to be achieved, there is no way out but to also have this nawafil in one's life. Now, a person is invited or whatever it is, he's eating and when he's eating the purpose is to nourish himself to nourish himself he needs food that food can be the basic of food that will nourish him inshallah and very often the very basic food is more nourishing and healthier but despite that when a person is sitting to eat he wants food then he wants food to a certain standard and then together with that food to the certain standard he wants all the extras as well he wants the papar and achar as well and he wants all the the half a dozen other things that go along with it and if something is missing especially if he's been invited to some dawah somewhere and if he's missing then he'll say that something is short here if he's very informal with the host he'll probably call him and jokingly ask him what happened these things are all missing here so now whereas the necessary item was just the food but this is all the nawafil and he feels very very unfulfilled without the nawafil but somehow that appetite for the nawafil is only on the dastarkhan but Allah Ta'ala has also opened the dastarkhan of nawafil in ruhaniyat that a person to get closer to Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala has put all these extras and this is like a person at a dastarkhan, this variety this tilawat of the Quran Sharif this ishraq, this chash, this awabin, this tahajjud this zikr, this dua, this tasbihat and there's so many things, it's like a person sitting at the dastarkhan and sometimes choosing from this and sometimes choosing from that. So in any case, this is in no way that a person, meaning that a person should cut down on the nawafil. But, all that being in his place, it cannot compare to the aspect of saving oneself from haram. This is the greatest ibadat with the faraiz. And therefore Nabi Sallallahu says, Ittaqil maharim, takun a'bad nas save yourself from haram, you'll become the greatest worshipper. A person completes his faraiz, his wajibat, his sunnat mu'akkada, and then whatever little he can do, also he does, more than that, but doesn't commit haram. This person is a wali of Allah Ta'ala. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The awliya, the friends of Allah Ta'ala, are those who have taqwa. And taqwa, the crux of taqwa is, staying away from haram. So a person is protecting his eyes, He's protecting his tongue from ghibad, from all other kinds of sins, lying, etc. Protecting his ears from listening to music, listening to backbiting, listening to other evils. Protecting his heart from thinking of haram. And when a person keeps progressing in this, then comes that special mercy from Allah Ta'ala. And that special grace from Allah Ta'ala. And that bond with Allah Ta'ala. In Surah Kahf, Allah Ta'ala speaks about those youngsters who to save their iman, they left the town and went away. And then Allah Ta'ala made them sleep for 300 years. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala speaks about them, إِنَّهُمْ فِتْيَةٌ آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ They were young people who had iman in Allah Ta'baraka wa Ta'ala. But it wasn't just at that level. وَزِدْنَاهُمْ هُدَى They had iman. And we kept on increasing them in guidance. And when that iman reached a peak, وَرَبَطْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ and then we strengthen their hearts, this is that bond, that rabt. And when this rabt comes, there is this direct link between banda and khuda. Between the servant and his rabb. Tumsa koi hamdam, koi dam saaz nahi. Baate to hai har dam, magar awaz nahi. Khaja Azizul Hassan Majzub Rahmatullah he describes this, when this bond is created, he is giving us some little peep into the hearts of the Ahlullah. And he says that tumsa koi hamdam koi damsaz nahi. The person is now talking to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, there is no companion like you. Baate to hai har dam magar awaz nahi. At every moment this conversation is taking place. But this conversation is without sound, without voice. And ham tum hi aga hai is rapte khafi se. Maloom kisi aur ko ye raaz nahi. Ya Allah, only you and I are aware of this secret connection. Nobody else is aware of this. Now this becomes the bond that a person 
then enjoys with Allah Ta'ala, but this comes when, when the nafs is repeatedly crushed, when the haram temptations are inciting a person towards sin, and this nafs and shaitan are dragging him towards haram, the person is constantly suppressing this, crushing this, then this becomes the condition that this bond is now created. And وَرَبَّثْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ And when this bond is created, إِذْ قَامُوا فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَن نَدْعُوَ مِن دُونِهِ إِلَٰهَ Now a person will not tolerate anything but Allah. Anything coming between him and Allah. He will only be for Allah. And when these young people were now threatened with life, threatened with everything, they said, we are totally linked to Allah Ta'ala. لَن نَدْعُوَ مِن دُونِهِ إِلَٰهَ We will never worship anyone but Allah Ta'ala. And worship is not only salah. Worship is 24 hours, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Whatever the command of Allah Ta'ala is at a given moment, that is what a person is fulfilling. When a person is tempted towards some haram, the command of Allah Ta'ala at that time, قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Say to the believing men to lower their gazes, he's fulfilling that. He wants to say something, وَقُلْ لِعِبَادِي يَقُولُ الَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنْ Say to my servants to say that which is right. So now no colorful language will come on Islam. All kinds of vulgar languages and very very colorful languages won't come on Islam. Because Allah Ta'ala's command is fulfilling. He will not listen to that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. He will not occupy his heart with that which Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. Because he is conscious in the sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad. Kullu ulaika kana anhu mas'ula. Verily the hearing, the sight and the heart of a person everything he will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the aspect about what we were talking about was Amar bil Ma'roof and Nahyan al-Munkar that to refrain from the wrong as well. Refraining ourselves from the wrong. And refraining others from the wrong also. And joining the right within ourselves. And enjoining the right to others. This is the duty of every mu'min. And when he will fulfill this, then he will become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala, he will be included among the best of the people. And he will be now fulfilling that criteria that will make him among the best. So, this Hadith Sharif, Imam, the Musannif brings it right at the end of the Kitab. There are many, many lessons that the uh, commentators have brought out of it. One is what is termed as Bara'ati Ikhtitam, that an indication towards an ending. So in this Hadith, the word antum tutimmuna sab'ina ummatan you are the completion of 70 ummats so the word completion so he brought the last hadith wherein the word completion is there in an indication that this is the completion of this kitab as well but among the various reasons for bringing this hadith right at the end Allah alam but one aspect could be that this whole kitab is filled with all the ahadith of what is deen all about Right from the beginning, all the ahkam, whether it was iman and salah and zakat and hajj and fasting and mu'amalat, business dealings and mu'asharat, social life and akhlaq and everything, all the various chapters of deen we covered. Now comes the last hadith, that the last hadith is pertaining to now action. That you have learned all this, you have acquired the knowledge of it, but now become part of the best of people. And the best of people are those who أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ That both things go hand in hand. That knowledge, acting on that knowledge, and passing the knowledge to others as well. Both are required that a person practices upon it also, and passes it on to others. So those who have been blessed with this great ni'mat, this great bounty. Now the life of such a person must reflect this knowledge. This is the whole objective. This is the purpose of learning deen, that the life of the person must now reflect this knowledge of deen. In the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاء That verily only the ulama fear Allah Ta'ala. What this is meant to say is, that that person who has the true fear of Allah Ta'ala, such a person has true ill. And such a person is deserving of this title. So, this khashiyat should be in the life of a person who has acquired the ilm. This taqwa should be in such a person's life. And this role that a person has in life to reflect this ilm. 
Now for example, in the life of our sisters who have acquired this knowledge and for everyone in general, that to fulfill the role and responsibility that this ilm requires from us. Unfortunately many a times, because of the influence of the West, of the direction that life has taken. So what is the focus of life now? That every person must become very academic. Whereas being academic it has its sphere. What is the real requirement is being practical. Academic somebody will excel in that. There will be people who will be required to do deep research. There will be people who will learn the details of being to a greater extent. But the general person is required to be practical. And everybody for that matter. Now if a person has learned the very deep aspects of deen and the details of ahadith, has gone into the depth of tafsir, but come the realities of life, person says, this is not my cup of tea. So for example, the husband asks for a cup of tea, he says, not my cup of tea. This you can make it yourself. So now we've lost the point. We've missed the plot. We've lost the plot and missed the point, whatever, whichever way it goes. The role that a woman has to play in life, this has been defined. Nabi Sallallahu and Hazrat Fatima Radiallahu got married, so all the duties inside the house is your duty. One is duties in terms of obligation of deen. And the other is there is a moral obligation, moral duty. So on a moral level, everything inside the house Hazrat Fatima Radiallahu And all the duties outside the house Hazrat Ali Radiallahu now this is a system Nabi Sallallahu placed. Now within the home, now the wife plays that role of the tarbiyat of the children. She is seen to the needs of the husband. Now this home will run smoothly. But everybody wants to become an academic. Everybody wants to be out in the dunya. Then this home is going to become a, a dysfunctional home. So what is required is this practicality. This is something which is more on a general note. But nevertheless, since this topic has come, just to finish over this, actually time has already passed. But a lesson, something for us to bear in mind. One, Allah alam what the age may be, but it was somebody who was just recently married, in, meaning recently, maybe somebody who was married, I think three, four years, it appeared, sounded like that. So some person is writing, asking for some advice. So she just married, not long, couple of years. I don't even know where this email came from, so I'm unaware of the person or the place. And so therefore, I have no idea, I don't even think it was somewhere from KZN. So the advice the person is seeking about, that there is a major turmoil in the marriage, and what can be done now to try and save this marriage. But the very remarkable thing was the honesty with which the person, this girl, is giving her own issue which she is acknowledging has contributed towards the turmoil in this marriage. Not that necessarily this was the only issue, but she is acknowledging and this is a very hard thing for somebody to acknowledge their own fault. Very hard. At the most, what we will say is, I'm not perfect. That's the most we'll say. I'm not perfect. So, at the most I'm not perfect, but who is perfect? So. I'm not worse off than you, you're not better than me, we're all on the same level. I'm not perfect, that's all, full stop. But to acknowledge my fault, that yes, I'm at fault, that takes a real courage. And that those who have a heart of courage, they can do it. Otherwise the person will make some tawil and some defense and somehow, some way to cover it up. So in any case, just to get to the point, this was the very remarkable thing that she is stating now about herself. And she's saying that I come from a home, wherein everything was done for us and I was never accustomed to doing any work at home or taking any responsibility so now she's writing about herself that I come from a family from a background where everything was done for us and I was never accustomed to doing any work at home or taking on any responsibility and now that I'm married I'm being required to take on responsibility and to be part of day-to-day -day work and because the system has been part of me for so long, now that I'm married, I can't seem to change it. I'm not able to take on responsibility anymore. And I'm not able to really bring, because now, 
One is you can teach a person something in even one day. But to get it into the person's system, that will take years. So already something has come into the system, a certain mode, a certain manner, a certain mindset. And then now suddenly there was a proposal, so in one month she was taught everything. So she was taught everything, but the system is already something else. Now to change the system is not going to change in one month. That's going to take years, because it came in years. But now in the meantime, the husband doesn't have the patience. So, as a result, there's this drama now. And there's this turmoil. So now she's writing about herself, that this is now contributing to the turmoil, and contributing to all this problem that I'm experiencing in my marriage. How do I go about changing this? Now this was a very, very remarkable thing for somebody to speak about it themselves. Normally you'll find somebody else complaining, each one complaining about the other. But complaining about oneself very seldom. And this is nevertheless was a great eye-opener. That, alhamdulillah, acquiring dini knowledge is a great thing. But together with that, we have to build within us the system that Nabi Wasallam has set out. That pattern and that way. And everybody to fulfill their role. Together with that, we exceed in whatever we can in terms of ibadat, in terms of knowledge, in terms of all the other aspects that are within the limits of deen. But primarily, each one has to recognize and identify what is their role in life, what, they are, what their responsibilities are, what their duties are, what they are required to be doing, and to try their best to fulfill that. May Allah wa ta'ala accept all the efforts that we made. Allah ta'ala accept the khatam of this great kitab. Allah ta'ala accept the efforts of the asatiza, of the students. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of khair for them, for their families, for the entire ummah, and Allah Ta'ala make it a means of gaining His pleasure and rada for one and all. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخف لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most kind most gracious most loving Allah إله العالمين indeed we are your most sinful servants يا الله يا الله we can hide nothing from you يا الله يا الله you know everything يا الله يا الله you know what we have done يا الله 
Allah, you know where our eyes have looked at, Ya Allah. You know what our ears have listened to, Ya Allah. You know what our tongues have spoken, Ya Allah. Allah, you know what our hands and feet have done, Ya Allah. Allah, you know what has lurked in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, what is filled in our hearts, you are away, Ya Allah. Allah, we cannot hide anything from you, Ya Allah. Allah, we are acknowledging all our faults and mistakes, Ya Allah. All our sins and evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Allah, we be begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Allah, with the barakat of the khatam of this great kitab, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive one and all, Ya Allah. Forgive our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive our families and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the, Ya Allah, poverty from the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Allah, give them hidayat also, Ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed, Ya Allah. Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us true knowledge, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of amal on the knowledge, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us adab, Ya Allah. Allah grant us ikhlas ya Allah Allah grant us taqwa ya Allah grant us tawazu ya Allah grant us khashiyat ya Allah grant us inabat ya Allah grant us tawakkul ya Allah Allah grant us all the good qualities ya Allah Allah spread our hearts and clean it from all the evils ya Allah remove pride from our hearts ya Allah remove arrogance from our hearts ya Allah remove miserliness from our hearts ya Allah Allah remove all the evils ya Allah Allah remove the evils of the ego ya Allah ya Allah the ego of the ya Allah the nafs ya Allah Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the muhabbat of the world from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the muhabbat of the ego from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the effort of deen, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, use us in our progenies for the effort of your Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Till our last breath, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of zikr and dua, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, grant us the taste of dua, Ya Allah. Grant us the taste of zikr, Ya Allah. Give us the sweetness of tilawat, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Put the pleasure of salah in us, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, enable us to perform our salah, Ya Allah. Correctly and with devotion and concentration, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us that kind of salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to perform our five-time salah with jama'ah for the men, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever is, Ya Allah, happening throughout the world, Ya Allah, all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, we are acknowledging, Ya Allah, all this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from those amal that bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, accept those who have, Ya Allah, studied this kitab, Ya Allah. And all the students studying in this institution and all the institutions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant each one true ilm, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant that ilm which brings your khashiyat, Ya Allah. Grant that ilm which brings taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Use one and all, Ya Allah, to serve deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, to pass on this knowledge, Ya Allah. Practically and verbally, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Use one and all, Ya Allah, to pass on the deen of Ya Allah so that one and all comes close to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Accept this institution, Ya Allah. And accept all the institutions of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill all the needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make it a means of najat on the day of qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the schemes of evil and batil, Ya Allah. Allah, you make it fail, Ya Allah. Allah, you make it fail, Ya Allah. Allah, you make it fail, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All this is very weak, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen is nothing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are one, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your amr kun, Ya Allah. It's enough to make all this fail, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You make Islam and the Muslims, Ya Allah, dominant, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you assist the Muslims, Ya Allah. Allahumma ansuril Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma ansuril Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma ansuril Islam wal Muslimin. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in this Mubarak month, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that was then accepted, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are, Ya Allah, in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and طيب risk to one and all, Ya Allah. 
Ya Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us, Ya Allah, beneficial and good rains, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, through you to our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the rains of rahmat have been withheld, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the animals are also suffering, Ya Allah. Humans are suffering, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. And send down the rains of rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove the hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Round them the high stages in the Ya Allah, at our time of death, Ya Allah, take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Ya Allah, take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah, ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them shafai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima, Ya Allah, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody has, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all those who are Allah present. Ya Allah, whoever has raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. You are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant each one to the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them. Ya Allah, grant them as well the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين